Statology Coach Podcast bonus episode. Hi, Sarah. Hi. So normally we do a little chit chat beforehand. Mm -hmm. We are just now being sort of inundated with letters, which I'm really excited about. So we're just going to jump right in so that we can cover as many as possible. I've been training for this. Drank some water. (laughs) Did you carbo load? Did some laps around my house. (laughs) Stretched. Yep. Let's go. (laughs) All right. So the first one is from a woman. Uh, You know what? I won't say her name, but the subject line said aging face. Okay. Hello, I'm 45 years old. Not a baby, but not over the hill. Sometimes people say I look younger and others say 45. Oh, that's a number we don't want to say anymore. (laughs) Most guys on dating sites say I look younger, so I make sure we FaceTime before we meet. Then we meet and they all mention I look quote unquote different. I rarely get second dates. Any suggestions? Uh, More FaceTime, more pics. Okay. Okay. So uh, what I know is that if you consistently hear something, there's something up. If If you're consistently getting feedback from the men that you're meeting from these sites that you look different than your photos... What they're actually saying is, you do not look like your photos. Right. Yes. So it sounds to me as though you need to update your photos. Yeah. So yes, you do need <laughs> yeah, more pics. I think we're we're kind of uh, taking a leap and assuming that it's the face well, that but, looks different. But she's talking, she does FaceTime with them. So she's right. not meeting them. Right. Um, but I mean, on FaceTime, I don't know, you could probably see someone's whole torso. Maybe, possibly. Here's, here's something I'm wondering, and I don't, I don't know how to prove this, but, Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm kind of wondering if, since we've all been isolated and at home for Mm -hmm. like a year, I'm kind of wondering if we've gotten used to seeing people and faces through filters. And so now when we see someone on FaceTime, which which just which does not filter. I wonder if it is jarring. Because I've had that experience of myself even, like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, front camera's on and you're and you get a little jolt and then you realize, <laughs> oh, it's cuz I have pores. Right. Mm-hmm. Like a, like a person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, ever since I've started doing making TikToks, I'm yep. you know, I'm so aware of oh my god, what is that jelly thing going on near my near my jawline and yeah we're just know, we're used to facetune and right filters and poreless mm-hmm. and uh i i don't know i think that might be part of it yeah i mean look unless your pictures are like and i i think we all know when we look dramatically different than our photos well, well actually no i don't think that yeah i, I was think gonna say you've said people, before that people, we don't <laughs> i know people i think we know well let's put it this way we know when we're doing cute little tricks. We know. How about this? We know when our photos are old or outdated. Well, that too, right? But also, know like that. you know, you know your angles, mm-hmm. and you have the reason you have angles is because you're trying to hide something or downplay something. And I'm not. I don't mean that to be accusatory because we all do that. Mm-hmm. Like everyone has an angle from which they are a hideous monster mm-hmm. in, in our own minds, anyway, right? Like. So, you know, we know what we're doing when we take photos. Uh, so to some extent, I think, you know, if you're, yeah, if your photos are old or if you are using a bunch of filters um, mm-hmm. in the the ones that you're posting, that might be part of it. But also mm-hmm. this might be really fixable by just like getting a ring light, which are really cheap now. Yes. Uh, yes. I, I, I have said that in the past and something that I'm, as I'm reading the letter over again, Sometimes people say I look younger than 45. Others say 45. Um, How nice of them all to comment. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, and well, you know, that's just something I, I hear that too. And I think it's just a standard thing. You know, I used to hear that, I should say. Um, and I think that's just a standard thing that, you know, men use to like compliment women. Mm. So, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and keep in mind that when you're hearing from these guys that they think you look younger, they're probably trying to compliment you, and, right. and maybe not. They're not being terribly sincere. 
Yeah, because it. I mean, it's it's a blanket statement and a generality. Yes. Doesn't doesn't say anything specific about your beautiful eyes or whatever. Yes, and like you said, when you get on FaceTime, the lighting is usually terrible. This is why I always tell people. First of all, if, when you do video dates, you really need to do them on a desktop. Stop oh, using yeah. your phone. Right. So that you can really have, and I have a ring light, a desk ring light, and I have a small ring light for my, just for my phone. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I think let's, let's invest in one of those and, and see if this doesn't turn around yeah. because. Yeah. Um, so try that. I don't that. think the problem is your face. <laughs> well, no, the problem isn't her face. No. It's The problem is one of three things. One, the photos are significantly old, meaning right. like th- more than three years. Um, bad lighting on the mm-hmm. on FaceTime, mm-hmm. or just that without filters, you know they're seeing they're they're seeing they're seeing you without filters. And we've all kind of forgotten what human skin looks like. I think. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I know I have. So, first thing to do: get a small ring light from Amazon. Like they're like fifteen dollars. I would I would recommend getting one. I I had to get two. My first one that I got about a month ago, it broke after two weeks. Mm. I just got a new one. It was like twenty two dollars. It seems a lot sturdier. I just like it better. Get a ring light that you can attach to both your laptop. Maybe we'll put a link in the show notes. You know what? I think we will do do that. that. Yeah, do that. And I'll put it on my Amazon wish list, guys. Oh my god! Oh my god! (laughs) We'll get into that in a fucking second. Um. So we'll. Uh, um, I'll put a link to the ring light. You can either clip it to your laptop or clip it to your phone. That might make a difference um, it, it, because there could be certain shadows that are being cast when you're doing yeah. FaceTime oh, yeah. and you do look different. The lighting is different. Yep. Um, and really just why are people saying you look different? Like the, there's just something like, why would you say that? Like, dude, just have the conversation. Why do you feel the need to point that out? Can't answer that one. That's Unless a, she looks drastically different, different. And I'm okay with someone saying to somebody, like, like if they look drastically different from their photos, I am very much for saying, you just look really different from your photos. Right. And, and telling people because, you know, not only... Know. Right. Not only do you, do you want to know that so you can update your photos, but let's start to be a little bit more considerate uh, of people's time uh, and understand that, you know, we really are. The default now really is bare minimum. We're really at bare minimum. Yes. And people are only willing to go so far. And so if they, fee- if they make the effort, they're going to be really annoyed like we five years ago, no one really thought twice about like getting all dressed up and going out on a date and whatever. Like people are annoyed when they get on a FaceTime and someone doesn't look the same. Yeah. Like that's where we're at. Yes. So uh, I'm okay with saying, hey, you don't look like your photos. I've, t- I've told people that if I felt like they've looked significantly different, I, I would. And I say it kindly. Right. And I say it with compassion. I don't say it with anger. Um. <laughs> But I do mention it because I want them to know and so that they don't so they don't walk into a, a, a situation where someone is ap- actually very rude. Right. Uh, and to be more considerate of people's time. So ring light. And if that doesn't work, uh, you may need to update your photos. Yep. Yep. That's it. Okay. Moving on. We're just going to. Next. Whipping Thank through. Thank you. Next. Th- Thank you. <laughs> Did you watch Bridgerton? No. Okay, and you know what? I kind of don't want to now because I heard that there's going to be eight seasons. And that is a lot of commitment. I, I got to tell you, Shonda Rhimes, man. Uh, I'm star- like at, with Grey's Anatomy, and, and I truly hope they kill off Grey's Anatomy this season. I hope they kill off Meredith. Shonda Rhimes is, is, is very much like Ryan Murphy in that. She jams her cast with a bunch of characters that really have no purpose. Hmm. Um, and th- things just get really, I don't know. They just get, re- like the plot gets really thin because there's so many characters and the, st- and the it, eventually. Well, the this char- based on a book series and I don't, I haven't read the books either. So I, I don't know to what degree it's faithful to the series. 
some of that could be the books and mm. not Shonda. I don't know. Uh. I don't know. If you know, let us know. <laughs> I have one up. Do you want me to? You want to do meeting the family? Meeting the sure yes 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 okay meeting the family. I've been dating my boyfriend now for almost six months. He's very traditional in the sense that he wants to take things slow and move at a steady pace. He didn't kiss me until the third date. He introduced me to his mother before even having sex with me four months in. I've dated quite a few guys in the past, and not one of them did any of these things with me. In fact, they had no problems at all flaunting me on social media, but never wanted to introduce me to any of their family or friends. My current boyfriend is the exact opposite. He hardly, if at all, mentions me on social media. Our relationship status hasn't changed at all, and we never take pictures of each other, but I finally met the majority of his family and a few of his friends. Or sorry, I've already met the majority of his family and a few of his friends. Why is that? Uh, Once again, social media rears its ugly head. Yeah, the the, the answer is he likes you. Right. The answer is he likes Don't you. He worry. isn't into social media. Yeah. He likes you and not social media. <laughs> That's yeah. it. I, because not everybody needs social proof. Not everybody feels the need. And I think, are we going to do a, are we going to maybe do a broad generalization here? Uh, men versus women when it comes to social media? I guess we could. I guess we could. I think women are more likely to be the like the sharing type of like look at picture here picture there and men not so much although i will say like egotistical men will i actually think it's a great sign that he doesn't give a shit about social media i do too yeah yeah i think it's a great because here's the other thing (laughs) if you're a a culler right this is this is stuff you're not going to have to cull from your social media like if you two break up which you may not. This might mm-hmm. be your soul bond. <laughs> um, but if you if you break up and you and you look back at your social media and there's nothing to cull or remove, mm-hmm. that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I understand. It's, it's again generational as well. You know, this is something I think twenty somethings to like early thirty somethings. They're very big on. Uh, well, I, it it is weird to not use it. And we've talked before about how people that don't use any form at all uh, mm-hmm. look suspect. Like to not even have an account looks suspect. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, these people are out there. There are people who just have decided it's not for them. And I don't, I don't see anything in this letter to be alarmed by. It sounds like your relationship is going great. He's just not on social media. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on, on that one. As long as he is starting to integrate you into his life at a healthy pace, you know, you're meeting friends, you're meeting family. It's very hard for someone to cheat or be hiding something when they're introducing you to people in their life. Mm-hmm. Like that's the opposite of keeping you a secret. Yes. But see, we think of, well, if I'm not being integrated into their online presence, they're keeping me a secret. Well, no, right. they integrate you into their offline presence, and that's far more important because we all know what's online usually isn't real. Yeah, or it's like a you know it reflects a small facet of a whole person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's the answer to that one. Boom, 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 boom. Okay. So, the next letter, subject line, help. I'm having a hard time making sense out of what happened with the last guy I dated. I met him on social media through mutual friends that we had, and coincidentally, he was on a dating app that I had just joined and was new to, and I noticed that I was friends with him from months prior. We messaged back and forth that day, and he wanted to make plans as soon as I got back from my camping trip. I knew he was serious and meant business when he made the plans, gave me a time, found a place that he thought I would like because I only eat seafood. Fast forward to the date. He was on time, great looking guy, great personality, and we instantly clicked. He wanted to see me the following week. We made plans and that's when everything gets interesting. The first red flag that I noticed was on his Snapchat. He had a post he had posted a picture of him, his sister, and his ex-girlfriend. I knew what he was doing that day. He was very excited about having his sister come over with her children to his house to swim in the pool. He has a daughter four years old. 
I confront him on the picture and asked him if he was still involved with his ex, which I knew is a recipe for disaster. He proceeds to tell me that he's not involved with his ex. She has a son from a previous marriage. He said that was the first time since they broke up months prior that he invited her over. He thought it would be safe because the sister was there. He said it's been hard for their kids to understand the breakup and thought it would be okay so that the kids could get together. I hang also on, brought. Hang on, I have a question. So what? he he and the ex do not have a child, right? The ex is a child, and his sister has a child, and those children are friends. Do I have that right? I believe he has a daughter too, doesn't he? That's not how I'm. Yes, reading it this. does. It says he has a daughter four years old. So he has a daughter. Okay. The ex has a son. The ex has a kid. So they each have their own children. Okay. And then the sister has a kid. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Okay. All right. He said it's been hard for their kids to understand the breakup and thought it would be okay so that the kids could get together. I also brought up the fact to him that on his Facebook, he still has many pictures of his ex-girlfriend and him, which I told him looks like a sign that you're not over her. Sure does. Sure does. <laughs> Sarah. Sure does. A couple days later, he informs me that he took my advice, cleaned up his social media, and pretty much cut off contact with her. Mm -hmm. I think in hindsight, that should have been an indicator he was not fully over his ex and needed time to process it. Mm -hmm. Okay. We, t we continue to go on several dates. We just have so much in common. Things did move pretty fast as far as having me meet his family and even his little girl but I have been in those types of situations years prior where things were rushed and it was for love bombing and toxic behaviors. This just felt different. It was very easy to be with him. And even though it seemed too good to be true, I just really felt that I deserved it. The family loved me so much. I felt right at home there, like I should have always been there. I get invited the following weekend to his sister's bridal shower. Coming back from the weekend, I knew something was off. He wasn't acting the same. I've been down this road before, and I kind of had a feeling it was the ex. He had been posting our weekends away and pictures apple picking with his daughter on social media. I have a feeling she was checking things out, or they had mutual friends that were informing her. Or that's maybe projecting, but uh, would I digress. <laughs> I come home and go on Facebook to find he wiped out all of our pictures, and I knew that my gut feeling was correct. I messaged him and asked him, What's going on? He told me, I've had so much fun with you and so many laughs and I really like you, but my ex contacted me before we went away from my sister's shower and I was going to see how this weekend went, but I think I still have feelings for her and I can't continue seeing you if I feel that way. I'm so sorry. I never meant to mislead you or lead you on in any type of way. Please don't hate me. I can't. I'm sorry. I can't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. Don't hate please me. don't hate me. Don't hate me. <laughs> Did he put it on a post-it? Can you please just help me understand and process if he was really intending to do this the whole time or if he seems like it could have been a genuine mistake where he uh, been a genuine mistake where he just didn't process his feelings for the ex and jumped in too quick? Hmm. I'm curious what you think of this. I have I, thoughts. <laughs> here's what I think. Um, one, ex-girlfriend broke up with him. Two, uh, he posted photos on social media with the intention of her seeing it and to try and like get to her. Uh, three, I do think he really liked this girl. Uh, four, I don't think he was over his ex. Five, I mean, I, I, I don't think it was intentional. I think he just wasn't over his ex. He thought he was. He didn't want to be alone. He didn't want to be single. And this is the thing, people. This is why people go from relationship to relationship to relationship is because they cannot yeah. be alone. Yeah. Well, okay. So we're on exactly the same page, actually, because I was going to – except I'm I'm going to be a little harder on him. <laughs> All right. Um, so this – in my uh, response to this, I, I feel like this was definitely deliberate in that he believed one of two things – was going to happen to benefit him. Either he was going to have a, a good little rebound or he was going to get his ex's attention, make her jealous uh, and get her back. Mm -hmm. He's definitely not over the ex. So I mean, best, best case scenario, you were going to be a rebound. I don't think um, that he presented you that way. Right. I think, you know, in his mind, like you did have the potential to be, 
a relationship, albeit a rebound. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I think that his family probably took his word for it and that mm-hmm. he was interested in you guys were dating. And that's why they welcomed you into the fold and, and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what's, <laughs> that's what's so, so shitty about this is that he wasn't, I mean, there was no way for him to be honest about this situation and still get you right. Like you wouldn't have gone on any dates with him if he had presented himself accurately. Um, but that's what's so shitty about this is that you got you got lulled into a false sense of intimacy and mm-hmm. you felt like you were making progress. Mm-hmm. But no, he did this on purpose. He knew what he was doing. Okay. I okay. I don't think this guy was being malicious. I, I didn't think- say malicious. I'm just saying deliberate. What I think is that this is guy this guy broke up with his ex and did not want to grieve. He didn't want to go through the grieving pro- process right. of it. So instead, he just jumped back into a new relationship Correct. and like re- recreated the intimacy he had with the ex. Yes. So because he, that's what he missed. And this is the thing when people get back with people that they dated, it's not that you miss them. It's that you miss yeah. the intimacy and the companionship that you had with them. Right. And in this case, I think that the children are probably a factor as well. Yes. Right. Yeah. Like we've, we've, we have a breakup, but we also have the dissolution of a family unit. So that's a bigger deal. Right. That and is harder not, to get over. Let's not forget the the real tell here is when he told her that, or and maybe she's paraphrasing. I don't know if he said this word for word. But when he said he thought it was safe because the sister was there, well, why right. would you need things to be safe? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. What do you, why yeah. do you need a guardrail? Right. Why do you need a fucking chaperone? You're an adult. Yep. You know what I mean? So yep. that right there, even that right there should have told him, if you feel that you need somebody there to like act as some sort of buffer, then right. things with you and your ex aren't, aren't aren't in a healthy enough place for you two to be hanging out, yeah, especially when you have well. kids. Right. But what I think is shitty is that he let her go to the sister's shower weekend before breaking up with her and then broke up with her. I mean, this is the online equivalent of a fucking post-it. He broke <laughs> up with her essentially by removing her presence from his Facebook and letting her do the math, which is shitty. So what I well, what I think happened is... He let her go to the sister's shower, weekend, extravaganza, whatever, waited to see whether his ex would take him back. And then when she did, then he was like, oh, okay, well, I'll break up with this other person. Um, no, I I just believe him. I, I just think that I believe that he liked this this woman. I do, too. But that's how I think it happened. <laughs> I, I think I, he, I mean, first and foremost, he cannot be single. Yes. Somebody who can't be single, you dodged a bullet anyway. Right. Like that's that's the real deal here is that right. he just cannot be single. So Yeah. And I know people like this who are just always in relationships and it's because they don't want to be alone in their head. They don't want to be alone with their thoughts. They don't want to grieve previous relationships. And frankly, they just they don't want to be introspective and do any sort of postmortem and learn and grow from their experiences fully understand that (laughs) (laughs) fully understand the desire to avoid that right sure it's painful it's painful it's also hard you know yes it's also hard but i do think that he brought her to the sister's shower um probably because he had already rsvp'd and already told everybody and he didn't want to go through the oh where's Susie? That's not her real name. Mm-hmm. Right. Where's Susie? Oh, uh, you know what I mean? I don't think he wanted to deal with that. I do think he went into it knowing he was going to do what he did. Okay. Well, and I mean, we'll never know. But We'll never know. I just don't want to gloss over the fact that the way that he ended this was especially shitty. At 100% shitty. Like you said, it's the online equivalent of a fucking post-it. You know, removing all the photos mm-hmm. before, like, saying anything to her. Yeah. That's terrible. Yep. You know, you don't know what she's going to, but I have to say the fact that she caught that 
before he told her, something tells me she was like constantly watching his social media. Well, it does seem that way. Yeah. Yeah. And as somebody who has done that, (laughs) allow me to say that is you're only going to end up hurting yourself when you do that. I mean, I feel like if you believe you need to monitor it, that alone, Mostly, that's yeah, that's an indication that. Well, that's you're... an indication of something. It's uh, um, let's we need to make this very clear. The constant, the amount of importance you put on social media, the constant monitoring social media, in and of itself, is a red flag. Mm-hmm. Whether it's that you think he's up to something, or whether that he is up to something, or whether it's that you have some trust issues you need to work through before you can be in a place where you you're ready for a healthy relationship because that kind of behavior is not healthy. Right. You know, it's, if we do it. It's, I'm not saying there's anything wrong. It's not, I've done it. I've done it. And I know that I was not in a healthy place when I did it. Yeah. So the other I mean, thing same, I wanted, same for the instant rebound, you know? Yes, exactly. Like someone who has to constantly, th- th- these are two people I think that just sort of came together and they had their stuff that was, even if, even if you had stuck stuck it out, this relationship was not going to last. No, probably not. Not probably not. You the other thing I wanted to, yeah, the other thing I want to point out is when you confront somebody. You know, I'm a big believer in um, our, our, our like our brains kind of know, like we know on some level some, that that something isn't right or that we're, we don't want to be in this. We self sabotage quite a bit. And when you go to somebody and you can, that you're dating, that you've just started dating and you confront them about a photo on their Facebook page, you know, uh, sometimes I think we say things we know we're not supposed to say to like expedite the process of the relationship ending. Could be. Yeah. So be mindful of it. Like if, just be mindful of stuff like that. Like the, do you have any filters? Are you are you compulsively like checking the social media? There's there's a lot there's a lot of components to this. Ultimately, I don't think this guy was trying to use her. I don't think he went into it thinking I'm going to use her to make my ex jealous. And no, I think he just didn't want to be alone. And she was a rebound. And then the he showed her off on social media. The ex girlfriend saw it and then wanted to get back together. P.S. That relationship sounds toxic. So right. let have at it. Let them, let them be toxic with each other. Yeah, I mean, my my view is essentially the same, except that I don't think the intent changes the fact that he did use her. Okay, I can see that point. I can, I, I can. I yeah, don't think I, he I, meant I any harm from. by it. Like, I don't think I, he meant any harm by I it. I truly think he was just thinking about himself and like what he needed. Right. So, and that's shitty too. Yep. <laughs> Yep. So that's so that guy. That's that guy. All right. Thank you. Next. <laughs> Sarah. <laughs> okay. I've been have oh, the subject line, options on dating apps. I've been having an ongoing issue of getting messages from guys that I am not particularly interested or attracted to, but that's all that seems to be in my inbox. I try to open, be open-minded, but it's like a chore. I feel like maybe I'm not that genetically blessed. I should just settle and like convince myself to do it. Okay. Okay. All right. So first, that experience, what you're experiencing is universal, yeah. literally. And I'm talking as somebody who has met with hundreds, literal hundreds of singles. And when my first thing I always say to them when I do a profile review is, how is this profile working for you? Yeah. What has your experience been? And across the board, male, men and women all say the same thing. And it's exactly what you said. This is the universal experience. The majority of people we match with, the majority of people that message us are people we would never or believe, we we would never date. Right. And instead, we're going for people we're going for people who don't show much if any interest. So that's understand, 
that is the that's the default. That is everybody's experience. Yeah. So well, we don't not, we don't know if she's doing that. She doesn't say she's going after people. No, she doesn't. Just that the the responses she's getting are underwhelming. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which, as uh, you said, is the default. So, and, and that makes sense because it is a numbers game. You know, it's process of elimination. It is, but as I have said. Time and time and time and time again, the people that you want are already inundated with options, so they don't have to be proactive. They don't have to be swiping all that often. Yeah. They don't have to be sending out messages because yeah. they, they might not even be on the app. They might not even be on the app. They have more options. There, I said it. Okay. All right. And I have brought up dating leagues before. And leagues are about options. They are not about looks. They are about options. And I think people, and I've had this, I had this pointed out to me by DMN once, uh, who was a commenter on my site, that, you know, you come across that guy who's like kind of nerdy or kind of this or kind of that, not, not conventionally attractive. And you're like, oh, well, he's not conventionally attractive. So I probably have a better chance. No, because it, it, just if you find that person attractive, guaranteed somebody else does too. And and that thought of, well, I bet he's not getting as much attention. Like that's, you're not unique in that. Okay. Like other people are thinking that as well, which means this person that you think is nerdy or geeky or whatever, it probably has way more options than you think he does. It's like when people think that nerdy and geeky guys don't cheat. Mm. Like, of course they do. What are you talking okay. about? Because you think they don't have options. Okay. But they do. <laughs> so understand that like there's always – like everybody has options. Everybody. There, there's always going to be somebody that finds you attractive. It right. might not be someone that you find attractive, but there's always going to be somebody that you find – that, that finds you attractive. You know? So never assume that you're unique in this position of – of finding somebody not conventionally attractive, attractive. Okay. First and foremost. Um, I'm just going to end up repeating what I continuously say. Okay. <laughs> Go for the people that show interest in you. Go for the people who initiate interest. The relationships that you want are in the people that you reject. They just are. They just are. Okay. I think we should probably acknowledge that, um, for women, at least, who are trying to date men, there's probably a real spectrum present in your inbox <laughs> and your <laughs> and your DMs. And so we're we're not saying like everyone in there is an option. Like, no, you're certainly free to rule people out. But there should be a range, right? And so within that range, um, I mean, if everyone is underwhelming and you're not excited about contacting them, like why don't maybe take a break if it feels like a chore you know you don't have to do it okay i am not a fan of dating breaks okay what i am a fan of is creating a process that uh allows you to maintain or or protect your energy and your investment uh while at the same time still being proactive. So meaning maybe don't take a break so much as, okay, don't log in twice a day, log in once a day. Don't spend a half hour on there. Spend 10 minutes on there. When you feel, when you, and we all, and I think anybody who's used a dating app or a dating site, we've had those days where we're swiping and we're not getting Mm -hmm. any matches and we're feeling worse and worse and worse. Don't wait for it to get worse and worse and worse. (laughs) Yeah. The minute you start feeling, and and this is why I was saying, talking about PTSD and online dating. I think online dating is exceptionally triggering for people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In that that. we experience an intense amount of rejection. Mm -hmm. Uh, We, we are constantly left confused, um, constantly, feeling as though we are not in control. People are just dicks, men mm-hmm. and women. People are just dicks. That lack of accountability and that anonymity online, it, it, 
encourages people to be just an, just an asshole. Yeah. Well, it's, and there's no, there are no social cues, or there at least are different social cues. Mm-hmm. So some of the awkwardness that could be avoided in real life mm-hmm. cannot, <laughs> cannot be avoided online because yeah. that's the process. Yeah. So when you start to feel that that over, that that feeling in your chest, like your chest tightens and you get that pit in your stomach, I, I I've said this in a TikTok. There, when I was actively using dating apps, even just opening the app would cause me my face would flush. I would start to feel anxious. Yeah. I would start to feel dread. I would start to cry sometimes. Something mm-hmm. about it was very triggering for me. And it was the it was the possibility of rejection. It was seeing all these profiles of people that are out there feeling like none of these people want me. You know, it it sort of exacerbated the sense of the, the loneliness, the sense of isolation, the sense of low self-worth. So that's why I say really come up with a process that allows you to be proactive, but also allows you to protect your, your, your well-being and your self-esteem mm-hmm. so that you don't want to quit because it's, it's the burnout. The burnout is what's going to kill you. The burnout is what everybody ma- makes, what makes everybody make bad decisions. Okay. You know, when we get frustrated, we think, well, I'll just give this person a try and maybe I'm just being too picky. And that's when you feed into that. When you're feeling fairly confident, you're like, no, I know something's not right here. That's it. You don't ever want to do online dating when you're raw. Yeah. That's when you're, you're going to make the bad decisions. Yeah. So what you're going through is normal. Um, I, I would say give the maybes a chance. Always give the maybes a chance. I'm all about giving the maybes a chance. Yeah. I mean, people can take bad photos of themselves. You know, they they can look different in real life. <laughs> Or they can just not be good at um, presenting a compelling version of themselves in words. Yeah, just just try to like. There's there's more than what you see there. So, yeah, the maybes. I mean, it is kind of going to feel like a chore. I think because, man, right now everything feels like a chore, doesn't it? (laughs) Like we're all just kind of like pandemic Mm -hmm. depressed. I Mm -hmm. think. So, I mean, it is a chore, but I think you can approach it that way. And like like you were saying, be strategic about it. Set limits in the, the time that you're spending on there. Mm-hmm. But I like the idea of giving the babies a chance. Yeah, something else to do. And this is why I tell people to use at least at least three different platforms. Switch between platforms. You know, use Tinder for a week. Then use Hinge. Then use Match. Then go back and then... Like use all the platforms. Why? Yeah. Like I know it's it, it could be expensive. You do what your budget can allow, even if it means like you can only use the use the free versions of all these platforms. Do yeah. it, but that way that's going to help stave off the burnout and as well, because you can just switch between right, you know, and you're not seeing the same faces and you're not just dealing with the same people and you know and when somebody comes along uh, that you don't like, block them. If there are profiles that you just don't like, block them. And then that way they won't keep coming up in your feed. Hide yeah. them, block them, do whatever you – that's one thing to do so that you're not seeing the same faces over and over again. I don't know yeah. that we really answered her question. I think we did. Did we, though? I mean, I, I think we did, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> everyone is – everyone deals with this fatigue. Everyone – uh feels frustrated and overwhelmed sometimes it feels like a chore because it is a chore um and you know your your path of least resistance here is to work within the range of options you have yeah but don't don't take that to mean you're not attractive like i just said there are a ton of people out there that find you attractive right and it yeah there's there's a range yeah and please also remember attraction beauty everything it's so subjective it's so subjective it has nothing to do with not being genetically blessed you are genetically blessed you know why because you're alive Mm. you are genetically blessed you are some you are the lid to somebody's pot i'm telling you 
You just yeah, gotta sure. put yourself out there so that they can find you. Lots I'm, of somebodies, really. Lots of somebodies. Yeah. You know, I'll say what my father always said, Chris, he's out there. He just hasn't found you yet. They're yeah. out there. They just haven't found you yet. Yeah. But that's why it feels like a chore because it's, <laughs> it, it is a chore. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody can date. Anybody can get dates. If you want to get the right person, expect for it to be, you know, it's, uh, it's work. Expect effort. It's yeah. work. And like any effort, any job, any activity, any hobby, anything, eventually you get tired. Right. You're a human being. So do what you but can to... Pre- the but, more you do it, the better at it you will be, like right. any job or hobby. Right. Exactly. Okay. Uh, I think we have time for one more. Oh, yeah. This one's a big one. Okay. Do you have it up in front of you? Uh, is it the the one I'm thinking of with the yes. V card? The V card, yes. Um. Yes, I do. Do you want me to okay. read it? Could you read it, please? Okay. The subject is, my preference is getting in the way of me finding love. I need some advice. I'm a young professional woman who I believe can bring a lot to the table, but the issue is that I'm abstinent. I have never had sex, and I am waiting until I'm married to do it. And I always make it abundantly clear that sex before marriage is not going to happen. I'm polite about it, but I make my beliefs known. I have been given a lot of excuses, but the one that I hate the most is, well, you can't buy a car before you test drive it. Good thing I'm not a car available for purchase. I never get past a second or third date because of this belief, and I'm not willing to change it. Am I doing something wrong? Okay, so... Let's be very clear uh, about being abstinent is you're not doing anything wrong. That's your choice. That's how you wish to proceed. That is not wrong. That is what's right for you. Hmm. Where I think you may be um, sabotaging yourself is when you come out and tell the men that you're dating, that you're a virgin and this is what you plan on not having sex until marriage. That's, that's, I think, the misstep. Okay. Um, so the question is when to bring that up. Well, no. <laughs> right? We'll get to that in a second. Okay. Remember when we talked about the woman who used to tell all her dates that she's never had a relationship? Yes. Yes. And and, and what did we say then? <laughs> Why are you telling them that? <laughs> Why are you telling them that? See, to me, in my opinion, that's a form of self-sabotage. So my question to the woman who wrote this in is, why do you tell them? Figure that out. Figure that out because that's the key. That's the answer. Why do you tell these men that you choose abstinence? What is your goal here? If you know it doesn't work for you, if you know what your experience has been telling guys this, why do you keep doing it? Well, this is why I think the question actually is when to bring it up because it's it's going to come up at some point. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. why? Okay. I, I mean, I don't know why you would bring it up before um, sex is even on the table. Right. And we don't know if that's happening or not. Right. But at some point, you know, the expectation is that if you are dating someone, you will be having sex. So there is a time to bring it up. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm, I'm saying I, I think the question here is like, when's the right time? And the right frame, because part of it might be like <laughs> saving yourself to marriage, um, I think, conveys some things that might be that men might be interpreting differently than you are. Things like very religious. So, yeah, I mean, I don't I, I don't really know. um like what other motivation there would be other than like you're very religious and it's it's part of your set of beliefs or you don't want to but then if you don't want to i mean the follow-up question (laughs) that i think is logical is why right because here's the thing you very well maybe you're asexual maybe you're just not into sex and that's okay you don't have to be it's not it's not a requirement no. You know, so this is what I'm saying. Like, ask yourself why you keep, like, why you're telling these guys. What? Wh- right. Are, yeah. Are you trying to, like, verify that they have similar beliefs or? 
Well, if that's the case, then I think she should, um, I mean, if that's the case, I think we need to be using Christian dating sites, right? Right. Or, or whatever. I mean, I'm, yes, it if this have is a religious, if this is where you're coming from a religious place, your best bet is to use religious based web dating sites and dating yeah, apps like so. Christian Mingle, Christian Singles, right. um, the Catholic Singles. Right. These are all websites. The doc, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm implying that there's a dot com after all of those. Right. Um, well, and we're also assuming she's Christian, but we don't know that either. <laughs> oh, that's true. You yeah. know what? I'm so sorry. That's true. I'm so sorry. Um, I mean the the point is though like if it's if it's a religious uh basis right then there's probably an ancillary dating there's site an app for, for that yeah there's yeah, an app for exactly. that that's that's the good side is that like there's really is an app for whatever your um w- whatever your preference is right you know so figure out why are you so you if if you, you hadn't re- you didn't include it in the letter um See, I also feel like this is just not something you need to bring up. See, I, I, I talked about this briefly on TikTok the other day and about the, the body count question. Mm-hmm. And, and when, that, when that question comes up, what you can say in response is, oh, um, I'm STD free if that's what you're asking. Right. And that usually right. like... Now, now they're forced to be like to extrapolate on why are you asking this question? Yes, and that's why I like that. Oh, if you're if you're wondering about my STD status, you can either say I'm STD free or I was recently tested and I'm mm-hmm. STD free as of you know two months ago, right? And then and I, then if I, they pursue it even further, you could just ask, well, why is that important? Right, but when you when you say it, when you say oh, oh you know, if you're at, you know, if they ask like, what's your body count? And you say, oh, if you're asking for like STD reasons, I've, you know, I'm STD free or I was recently tested and then say, I assume that's why you're asking and really put it on them. Like put the, put the discomfort back on them. Yeah. Cause then the only thing to say is like, oh no, I'm checking to see if you're a whore. Right. <laughs> that's what I'm asking. <laughs> right. And then exactly. And put them in that position of like, okay. Now, now we're now I'm going to put the discomfort on you. Tell me why you why you're asking. And there yeah. was one guy in the comments who was just like, "No, you know." Oh, I'm the sure high, there was. Oh, if there's a high body count, <laughs> there's a high, higher likelihood of of narcissism. And I was just like, I don't want to talk to you. Whatever, man. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Tell yourself what you need to believe if that's you know, working for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and, and uh, yeah, yeah. Can we talk about that for a second? Just like the idea that if someone has a high body count, that means that something's wrong. We can, yeah. Yeah, understand that. I mean, that. we're kind of avoiding this question, but sure. <laughs> we are. I just wanted to, I just wanted to take a little, take a little. Sure, let's, uh, take a, let's take a side quest. A side quest. You know, hypersexuality, hypersexualization is a, a common trait of trauma. It's a common trait of certain, certain um, mental illness or untreated mental illness. So let's say somebody did have what someone else considered a high body count. You know, promiscuity is typically the clinical term. Promiscuity is often a part of trauma and mental illness and or untreated mental illness. So why should someone's past define their future? Like, let's say, okay, yeah, that's, I was, you know, hypersexualized, but that was before I was diagnosed. And then, you know, now that I'm diagnosed and I'm managing it, that's not the case. Or maybe I was a sex well, addict. I, I or, kind of think that's why people are asking is they, they want to know, like, does this person have baggage? Honey, we all have baggage. Fucking everybody needs to get over it. Like, we well, all do. But I think that's, I think that's why they're asking. I mm-hmm. mean, I also think it's kind of unfair to... Uh, to to package those two things together mm-hmm. that way like promiscuity and trauma can go hand in hand but like it it also could be a choice free of influence yes it it can it you're right excuse me it, it, it absolutely absolutely but and it, that's kind of the problem with asking is like if you're trying to figure out like oh does this girl have daddy issues <laughs> i mean first of all it's none of your business go out with them get to know them first that's yeah. That's point one, right? But also, like, 
like you said, everyone has baggage. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And also, I mean, as long as it's not bringing a problem into this relationship, right? If you're not Mm -hmm. transmitting STIs out there (laughs) willy-nilly, it's really (laughs) really not impacting anyone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So back to the letter writer. So the first bit of advice would be, Wait to reveal this until sex is actually on the table. So, yes. And I think she might actually already be doing that because she says she doesn't get past the second or third date. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, second or third date, mm-hmm. I think it's on the table, at, at least sometimes. Uh, that might be when it's coming up. Okay. <laughs> So, I mean, I think I think we can all agree putting it in your profile as the headline is a bad move, right? Like <laughs> you don't want to put it out there that early, mm-hmm. but um you definitely it's it's definitely going to come up early because typically people have sex I mean, fairly early. If by early we mean like 2 to 3-ish dates. Mhm. Okay. Whether or not that is actually the norm, we don't know. <laughs> we just, you know, it's just something people believe. Mm-hmm. People believe that the three date marker is some like arbitrary milestone. Yeah, and it's. I not. think it came from a movie in the nineties. <laughs> so I don't know. I I don't know how true this is, but I think it is true that men begin to expect sex and women feel pressured to have sex. Mm-hmm. Right around day three. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so she might already be waiting to bring it up. And then she does bring it up and then the dudes are like, oh, well, peace. Yeah. And I guess I, I guess the answer is the right person is not going to be deterred. And right person is not going to be – a right person is, is not going to leave. That's all I can say is that – you know, it's. I, I, I mean, I think you have two choices here. You can either alter your stance on mm-hmm. sex and when to have it, or you can just understand that for a lot of people, it's going to be a deal breaker. And then just, it's a litmus test, not a test, but, you know, the right person will be okay with it and just know that you might have to, that it might be a longer process. Mm-hmm. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, I, mean, I, I think. I think it would be unfair of us not to acknowledge that, like, this is this is going to make your journey a lot harder. Right. It is. It is. Like, I'm not. It, it just is. You know that. Um, I'm not going to try and like sugarcoat it. Yeah, it's going to make things very, very difficult. So the question of am I doing something wrong? I think the answer is maybe. Like, you might be fishing in the wrong pool. We don't know. Right. But again, let's let's very let's point out that choosing not to have sex is not the wrong thing that you're doing. It, it could be that you're just you're you're like Sarah said, you're looking in the wrong pond. But where could she look? Well, again, if it's a religious thing, there's an app for that. Mm-hmm. Church, um, That's certain true. like faith based apps, mm-hmm. or even you know what. I'm pretty sure. Do you can you give it a quick goog? <laughs> Isn't there an app like a, a virginity virgins dating oh, probably. app? Yeah, probably. I bet there is. Yeah. Like boom boom boom. There you go. Um so there's that, there's like faith-based organizations, there's faith-based meetups, right? I I also wonder, you know, in, in terms of just communicating this, if you're saying to men on date three, I'm waiting till I'm married and they're and they're just bailing, I wonder if you could maybe reframe it as like, I'm just not ready yet. And kind of because yeah, I, but I wasn't think that, that, a, that a lot of people who are are going to immediately bail might not bail if you, they get like five dates in, get to know you a little more. And like at by that point, you probably could have a more open conversation about it as well. Because yes. I I just think a lot of people are going to get to date three, hear hear no sex, 
regardless of the reason and be like, yeah. oh, okay, moving yeah. on. You can just say, you know, I, I typically take my time with this. This is something I take very seriously. Right. So, and and maybe say that, not I'm waiting for marriage, because I think that's going to be heard as like an right. ultimatum. But what I think the follow-up question from the guy is going to be is, well, what are we talking here? <laughs> so what are we what are we saying? And and you can just say, I, this it's impossible to quantify. Right? It's impossible you can't be to like, quantify. Okay, well, on November eighth, I'll be ready. I just, <laughs> you know, I just, and just again reiterate what you just said. I I take my time, and I hope you can understand that because this is just not something I ever rush into. And you're right. not lying. We're not lying if you say that. You know, maybe maybe don't be so um, overt about this. I would specifically avoid the word marriage. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would frame it differently. Yeah. I, you know, I, I take my time with this. This is something I take really seriously. And I hope mm-hmm. you understand that. And you know what? If they like you, they will understand it. Right. And if it goes like maybe six weeks two months, however long. And then, then you tell them they're invested by that point. Right. You know, so that's what I think. So reframe it differently. Don't use the word marriage. Be a little bit more vague about it, but you can, you're still being honest while being vague. You're not lying. Right. Uh, and I, I think that's really that's really where you want to go. But here's, here's, mm, I guess what I'm, mm, I guess what I'm curious about is like, if you're waiting for marriage, why are you dating men who aren't waiting for marriage? Okay. I'm glad you brought this up because at least have you right there. (laughs) Because I I was going to as well. Right. Like if, uh, if this is, if this is, this decision is rooted in a belief, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it is spiritual or or not. If this, be- you know, if you're so firm and so uh, have so much conviction in this belief, um, I'm I'm not saying like, well, then why are you willing to date people who don't share this same belief? But like, is it? I, I don't know. How important is it to you if you're willing to date people who don't share that belief? Right. It just makes me wonder. And again, <laughs> there's. I just preface this by saying, like, there's nothing wrong with not wanting to have sex. But it makes me wonder why. And the, you know, the more I think about this, like, the more it, it kind of seems like it's, it may not be a spiritual belief. Because, again, you're not seeking out people who share that belief. Mm-hmm. Not that you have to, right? There can be interfaith marriages. They work. Um, but in this case, it seems like that would be, again, the path of least resistance would be to seek out someone with that same same belief, mm-hmm. which you're not doing. So is it, if it's not based on religion, then what is it? If it's trauma, let's work on that. <laughs> let's work on that. Yeah. And that was something I, I, I didn't, I didn't want to bring that up, but. Well, which doesn't mean like, let's work on that by having sex. Like, no, right. let's work no. on. <laughs> work on that with a, with a professional. Let's, right. let's unpack it. Let's get to the root of it. Like w- figure why, what is your reason? What is your reason? And then if it's faith-based, well, th- that's a pretty simple, that's a explanatory. Let's, that's pretty self-explanatory. Okay. Then right. focus on faith-based, you know, dating sites, dating apps, dating groups. Um, if there's more to it, if there is trauma related to it, and, and it, there very well could be, talk with somebody, work it through, get to the root of it and figure out if this approach really is it is it a choice or is it a coping mechanism? Is it is it a protective right. measure? Is this a decision being made out of fear? Is it a decision made, being made out of fear? And if not, it's just like, hey man, this is just this is just this was my plan. This is what I've always planned since I was a kid. Yeah. And approach it with, don't use the word marriage. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> and say. You know, this is just not something I jump into lightly. I take my time with this. And, you know, I want to be clear about that. And I'll let you know when I'm ready. And I'll let you know. And the right people who are legitimately interested, they're going to stick it out. And then 
as time goes on, they're going to get invested in the right person's going to stick it out. Yeah. So I have I have a um, an anecdote about this actually, mm-hmm. which is that um, when I was in college, I had a friend who um, who was doing this was waiting until she was married, mm-hmm. and then she got married. And, uh, I mean, she never shared with me, like, her motivation for doing so. She, you know, she wasn't, like, extremely extremely religious, just, like, kind of traditional, no trauma that I know of. But um, she, she did this, and she got married, and then it turned out <laughs> that, you know, delaying this just blew it up into this, like, huge thing to be afraid of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so... Her, I mean, I don't, I like, I'm not trying to be alarmist or anything, but like her first marriage did not last because she was afraid of sex. And I mean, that, you know, that was a problem because mm-hmm. her former husband heard like, oh, well, like when we are married, we will have sex. But then, you know, they were married and, and still it was like always a problem. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that you you are being a little dismissive letter writer of people saying they need to test drive the car because like this issue of compatibility yeah is real. <laughs> yeah. Not all sex is the same, not all partners are the same. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if this decision to wait is based on not feeling safe in your relationship, then that's the real issue, not the sex. Mhm. Yeah. Really that's unpack awful. this yeah, unpack uh, really unpack the reason why you're choosing to be abstinent. Really, really understand where it's coming from because then you're going to be able to better explain it. Right. You know, it, it, because if some, if, I guarantee you guys are going to be like, but why? Well, or they're going to just make assumptions, right? They're going to hear the word marriage and be like, oh, she's, mm-hmm. you know, she's super churchy or whatever. Um, <laughs> churchy. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got one last question. Sarah, do you want to read it? I live with my ex, who I still have feelings for. She's moved on, and I'm trying, but it's hard. I've been working on myself, and I can't help but feel that we should try again. Maybe not now, but later in life. How do I let her go? Oh, boy, Living COVID. with an ex is a... Uh, <sighs> Brutal. Special kind of hell. <laughs> Especially, well, it, and then add to it that they've moved on. And I'm assuming moved on means they've started dating somebody else. Um... I don't, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. You know, can you, first of all, can you, come, well, I mean, you know, if there weren't a pandemic, could you come up with some kind of living arrangement where you're not around each other that much? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just hard when you're in a pandemic. Um, how do you let go? Oh, God. You know what? Honestly, I, I think it's the fear of letting go that keeps you stuck. And so my advice is you got to feel it. You got to feel the feelings. It's going to hurt. You're going to be sad. It's going to be painful, but you got to do it. That's how you let go. Yep. You don't put it off. It's not an on-off switch, unfortunately. Right. There's a process. Grief is a process. Yep. And you can grieve the loss of a job. You can grieve the loss of a pet. You can grieve the loss of a relationship. You can grieve the loss of a loved one. You know, it, you have to start those five stages, the denial. And right now, I think you're still in that denial. So you know what? Get angry because that's the next step. Be pissed off. That's why they say one of the best ways to, you know, when you're after a breakup, we tend to romanticize the relationship and only remember the good stuff. You know what? Focus right. on the bad stuff. So that your anchors change. You know, I was going to say, um, <laughs> the the intuitive thing to do or to advise you to do, I think, is to say like, oh, well, if, you're, if your ex has moved on in terms of dating new people, establish ground rules and boundaries so that you don't have to see it. You know, so like she's always going over to their place. But I actually think um, that's going to drag this out. Like, I think seeing, I mean, it, it, like, it is super shitty <laughs> that mm. you're stuck living with your ex and there's a pandemic and I don't know when one of you can move out, right? Um, that's super shitty. <laughs> but I think it is going to drag it out if you, um, 
and this is all again assuming that she is dating and that's what we mean when we say moved on but Mm -hmm. if you you know if you just see her leave for two three days at a time and come back like i feel like that's going to feel worse than um if you try to share this space as if you are a roommate and not Mm -hmm. an ex Mm -hmm. um and that may help you get angry (laughs) which i do think will help right if you can if you can move into the next phase you're on your way Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but be sad as long as you need to we got time we got nothing but time here yeah right time has stopped time has no Mm -hmm. meaning but you do need to start the process you you just you're, you're putting that off you're holding it off don't hold off it's over start like let the rivers run my friend (laughs) let it just let it take over and and it it, because it is it's going to take take over you for it's going to consume you for a a little bit yeah let it just it's the it's the not addressing it it's the it's the stuffing it down that's what makes it worse right you know so you got to start that process of that grieving process, that process of moving on. And yeah, it's going to suck. So come up with a self care plan, come up with, have things around you that make you feel better. You know, it's, it's just like, it's, it's just sort of like any like illness, you know, and, or any, just when you're feeling bad and you, you always have something, whether it's like, you know, TV or whether it's, uh, like a podcast to listen to, or you have these other resources, have those resources all ready to go and then be like, okay, and here we go. Right. And then just dive into it because it'll be so much easier once you, once you confront that, that's how you start to let go. That's not how you let go, but that is how you start. You know how, how to let go? You start, you have to start to let go. Yeah. It's a process. It is a process. Okay, I think that's it. Have we covered yeah. all the letters? We've we thank you guys for for all the letters that we're getting, and I'm just really excited at the at the reception and the way people are taking to to us and to the advice. Follow us on the things uh, at Datology Pod. You can follow me on Instagram, the Kristen C H R I S T A N M, and you can follow Sarah Rye Shark on Twitter. Okay. What else? Oh, master online dating courses. Go to datologycoach.com and click. You can either click our e-guides. You can get our e-guides or you can get the online courses for master online dating. You can follow me on TikTok at datologycoach. Sarah, thank you. As always, you are brilliant and insightful. Oh, thanks. <laughs> You're very Always welcome. a good time. Always a good time. Okay, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.